Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum. I'll be your host for the next little bit as we dive into another great conversation. And this time, we have none other than Derry Prinkert. And some of you may not know Derry, but uh, I'm looking forward to you getting to know Derry over this conversation because Derry's been, this is the cool thing about Derry, Derry's been at his church for over 21 years in student ministry. And I know that's like really unheard of a lot of times within the student ministry world because it's just the thing. Um, a lot of youth ministers have only been at their church for 18 months. I think the, the statistic is rising a little bit, maybe two years is the average stay of a youth minister at a church. And I don't know about you, but that kind of, it saddens me to hear that. And uh, I've always loved um, you know hearing about stories that have longevity. And and ministers, student ministers who can who can really stick it out and really build those relationships and and see what God is is doing over the long haul, and that is Derry Prinkert. Derry is the student ministries pastor at Napanee Missionary Church in Napanee, Indiana, and we're going to have a great conversation with him. I'm especially excited for you to hear about what he does as he transitions in his sixth graders. That's a really cool uh, way that he does that. And he's learned it over the years and kind of perfected it and um, still perfecting it. And it's it's going to be great for you to hear what he does with that. And just, um, just the humble heart uh, that he brings to student ministry. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time, but he's still uh, ready to learn uh, from others and and just he knows that you know he could do be doing better. And I love that that humility that he brings to his ministry. But before we jump into that, we do want to thank our sponsors before. Um, before all this, because they are awesome and we are so grateful that they continue to sponsor this podcast. And so first up is WorkCamp NE. If you're looking for a summer mission trip opportunity for your students, check them out. If you're looking for, you know, they do offer some spring break options and some independent trips as well. So I definitely urge you to check out their website, WORK. C-A-M-P-N-E dot com. And our other sponsors is Combination Sponsorship, as many of you know, between the National Network of Youth Ministries, whose website is youthworkers.net, and the uh, Reach Youth New England uh, organization. Both of those organizations are awesome, and, and their goal is to connect youth workers together. That's their whole goal. So check out youthworkers.net for the national network or reachyouthne.com specifically if you're in the New England area for Reach Youth New England. And uh, make sure you give them some love. You know, looking for a, a service project, um, mission trip for your students, check out Work Camp NE. If you're looking to connect with other youth workers, make sure you check out the National Network or Reach Youth New England. And uh, we are so grateful for what they do every month to sponsor this podcast. But that's enough about the sponsors. I know sponsors are great, but I know you're particularly excited about this conversation. I know I am. And so without any further delay, let's jump into this conversation that I had with Derry Prinkert. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, Derry. Hey, it's so good to talk to you, Steve. Yeah. So um, it's been cool to, to get to know you a little bit over, over the last couple of years with the DYM 100 and uh, you know reading what you've been doing and hearing you on, on some other stuff uh, and everything. But maybe there's some people that, that don't really know who you are yet. Um, they should. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I had you on today. Um, but tell us, jump into your story a little bit. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and how did God get you to the point where, where you are today? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's an interesting deal because I when you say people should know who I am, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in a pretty unassuming town. Uh, grew up in and and in the town that I I actually grew up in. Um, so I'm a Northern Indiana boy, a member of the flyover state that is Indiana, <laughs> and uh, grew up in a small town called Wakarusa, Indiana. It's it's kind of in the shadow of South Bend and Notre Dame, uh, but uh, Amish communities all around us. And there's two towns that make up the main high school, Wakarusa and Napanee. Uh, Wakarusa, 800 people, Napanee, 6,000 people. And uh, I grew up in the community, uh, was that kid that grew up, it's very religious community. Interesting thing that happens at that high school is when they introduce the homecoming court, every person tells what church they go to. And I thought that was normal until I got to college and I brought one of my college friends back and he, he just looked at me and said, did they just say what kid, what church that kid goes to? And I said, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's what you do. And he just laughed. He said, no, Derry, that's not, what you do <laughs> yeah you know so that's the town i grew up in i was the kid i was a kid in the youth group that knew all the right answers um I, the way i often explain it in my testimony is i had a ton of religion pumped into me that was good and healthy but i never connected in a relationship with jesus during my uh, middle school and high school years and my high school years got pretty dark i went off to a christian college because of a youth pastor that just one day i, I he just he cared about me he just mm. was always there for me he kind of saw through the hypocrisy that was present in my life and just recognize that I was one of those kids that just needs somebody that was going to be there and not judge him, not judge me, but, but love me. And, and he said, Derry, I think you should look at going to this Christian college, Bethel college and consider going to youth ministry. I think God has a calling on your life. And he would say, he knew I wasn't really, I hadn't really truly crossed the line of faith yet. But, uh, for some reason in that moment, the grace of God, I I said, okay, yeah, I'll do Hmm. it. Um, and ended up going to this college and my, in the beginning of my freshman year, just radically encountered God one, one lonely night in my dorm room of realizing just how empty things were. And in the week that followed, it became clear, uh, just confirmed calling into youth ministry. I started interning my sophomore year at Napanee Missionary Church, which is one of those two towns of the high school I graduated from. Um, and had a, a church that just invested in me. And when I graduated from college, I had every intention to get out of this place. I was like, I got to get out of that town. I was, you know, small town boy that wanted to get out. And the job was offered to me to stay at this church and uh, just became clear that I was supposed to. And so moved from an intern into uh, an intern that really led the middle school ministry to now then being the high school pastor. And 21 years since I started at Napanee Missionary Church, I'm still here. I've carried the role of middle school intern that ran the games to leading the middle school ministry to high school pastor to high school pastor who was kind of overseeing middle school and high school to uh, my current role as student ministries pastor and maybe even looking at a shift to be calling the next gen pastor at this point. So I've kind of held every role inside student ministry. But the crazy deal is I really don't know how good I am at this because I have no, I just, I just know I've been at one church and I could easily, I mean, maybe a chimpanzee could have been doing the same things I was doing. I, I don't know. Um, uh, and, but the beauty is I, the thing I think is cool about it. You know, you, I always look at that scripture of a prophet's without honor in his own town. And I yeah. can't figure out what to do with that for me because hmm. here I am in the town I grew up in, but I do know this. I've walked the exact same high halls. Those kids walked. Maybe yeah. I did it in the nineties. But um, there's some things. We're a religious community, and I get what it's like to be a religious lost kid. And so I, I, I can always draw off and find this level of empathy with the kids that I'm working with. So yeah, so yeah, that's a bit of the story and the role that I've been in. 
Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think there, there really is something. I mean, yeah, you talk about that scripture, but at the same time, there are, I love the volunteers that are, for instance, in, in my ministry that did grow up, and they know the same teachers. They know the same schools. They know all that stuff, and they can relate to those students so well, and I'm very grateful for those volunteers within my ministry. Um, it'd be really cool to have that experience where I, I can relate to a student because like, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I can do it. I mean, I'm kind of the old guy on, I'm a (laughs) multi-staff or a larger church, but I'm the old guy. I'm kind of like the dad to a lot of kids, but it's so fun in the moments when I can make reference to inside humor inside Northwood high school and kids are like, wait, they did that back in the nineties too, (laughs) you know, and immediate, uh, rapport teachers. I got, I got guys I graduated with that are now teachers, um, that I can relationally work with volunteers in the ministry. This is the other beauty of being at the same place for a long time, but volunteers in the ministry, who I went to high school with volunteers in the ministry who were students in yeah. the ministry. Uh, so the relational ties get to run really deep. It's, it's fun to watch that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know you've, you've done some different stuff and in interviews and, and things about the longevity and student ministry. And that's, that's so huge. Like in, unfortunately it's, it's more rare. And, uh, and so, I mean, just, Awesome blessings upon you and and the the fact that you've been there for twenty one years and and doesn't sound like you're you're ready to leave anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, no. Unless God calls otherwise. Yes. I mean, there's two things I'm confident of is that I would love to raise my family in this community if Lord allows, and I'd love to be always carry something along the lines of student ministries or next gen pastor until the day I die. Awesome. But I've learned not to. I've learned to hold on to all those things loosely because God's got a lot better plans, plans yep. than I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things. I was just talking to someone, um, a family in our church yesterday about um, people that are just called into student ministry. And and I feel like there's more and more of us, um, but it's so cool to just find other people that are sold out to students and families and, and want to, that's that's exactly where God has called us to, to serve and uh, to be sold out to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like I actually just spent some time on a Google chat with several guys kind of in the same boat. You know, I just hit 40 a year ago, but midway life, midlife crisis is a real deal, by yeah. the way. Very <laughs> real. And in youth ministry, it's like it feels like late life crisis when you're 40. Kids yeah. look at you like you're ancient. <laughs> um, but we were all talking. We we're all in like the season of, you know, in the teens of years in ministry and kind of wrestling through the classic trend was you get to a certain point and then you you know, you move up, you move to adults and all of a sudden, I don't really want to do that. However, I'm not really sure I'm as a, I, my most effective role will continue to be as just that guy that's at all the sporting events and doing the late night hangouts, but I'm going to invest in, uh, in, in students still. And I, I think that's, what's exciting. I think we're going to, we're going to see a trend here in, in, like in the youth ministry world of some professionals who say, this is a lifelong thing, but now I'm going to maybe zero in more on helping figure out how family ministry could really look or look at uh, strategies of zero all the way through what I'm calling independent adulthood. You know, that Hmm. time when you hit college, I I just wonder if there's going to be some, some trends we're going to see that are going to be really benefit the youth ministry world because of got more guys and girls that are just saying, yeah, I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm sure that your ministry has, has, you know, changed over the years and everything, but what's, what's the, what's it currently look like? Like what's a a typical week in the life of, of your ministry? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like uh, I love I love conversations like this. I love to take people's ideas and steal from them. So context for us, um, we are and I, I, this isn't humble brag. Context: we're we're a church of, we're a church of three thousand and a town of six thousand, which is really weird. Wow. Um, and it's a small town, but we we 
we draw from a lot of communities. So there's multiple, I think we've got 15 different high schools right now that are currently represented in small town ministry. So, so I'm, I, I live in a world, we, we're a, we're a kind of like on the cusp of that mega church, but in a rural community, our church thinks small, mm-hmm. uh, town very much. Um, so we still have a, a Sunday school at our church, a Sunday okay. school hour. We call it small church hour, but it's, it's a bunch of Sunday school classes. So our, where student ministry has to have a, have a 9.30 to 10.30 programming. We do a Wednesday night program. Uh, our middle school runs 6th through 8th grade, and they have a Sunday morning. They meet separately. 6th grade meets in one class, 7th grade in another, 8th grade. It's kind of the master teacher table leader okay. format. And we, we focus on the head and, and Bible knowledge during that time. High school meets all together. Same idea, but with the master teacher and the table groups. Um, Wednesday nights are our separate middle school and high school. Uh, we, we do something kind of unique for our sixth grade. I can pick that apart in a little bit, but, uh, for uh, up until, uh, like right around Thanksgiving weekend, we keep sixth grade, seventh and seventh and eighth grade separate. Um, but the sixth through eighth grade is the middle school ministry. Ninth through 12th is high school. Our, our middle school small groups run inside the night of Wednesday night with the programming. Like if you're there, you will be in a small group, Okay. uh, where our high school, our small groups meet beforehand from six fifteen till seven. And then the program runs 7 to 8.15, and it's up to the high schooler, freshman through junior. If they want to be in a small group, they can go, but they don't have to. And then our senior small groups actually meet off of Wednesday night on a Sunday night. And just a little side note on that, there's a progression that we've seen that's really cool. Sixth grade, you know, when you're a sixth, seventh, eighth grader, you know, optional small groups, they don't even know what a small group looks like. And so we're just trying to coach them on, here's what this thing's all about. Then they then they kind of get this upgrade to where it's like if you want to be there you're there and then by their senior year we're trying to teach them how do you do small groups because that's the model that's going to carry on if they're at some big state college or wherever there's always going to be a way they could find a small group so yeah. that's a that's a very quick flyover okay. um, of what our format is okay cool I'd like to d- dive in a little more of when, when and how I guess did you make the decision to do small groups beforehand because it's like it's not necessarily yeah. the norm I know a couple uh, different ministries that I know that, that are that are trying that um, but how how did that happen to, to go yeah. before instead of after that's a great question um, we we kind of had to have our hands forced into it uh, okay. our whole church does programming on Wednesday night. So there's something from birth till one foot in the grave available on Wednesday night. And that programming, uh, they, they want us to stay as close to seven to eight o'clock as possible in that programming, okay. which, you know, student ministries programming one hour to accomplish all this different stuff is just near impossible. Right. And, uh, so we, we cheat a little bit by having middle school run six forty five till eight Oh five. Okay. We're good there. Um, but with with high school, we came with the idea of if we made small groups optional, could we run those outside the seven to eight model? And our senior staff was like, that's totally cool. We we would like to see that run beforehand rather than after. We don't want you to run that from eight on because we could be looking at too many late night things and issues. But um, so so we're like, OK, cool. Let's try it. And I mean, this is I actually. 21 years ago, walked in to this setup where it was like that. And oh. so it was a thing we just, because of the, the setup of this, which some people will say, oh, that's terrible that you have to stay inside of this adult programming. And I, I say, yeah, it's tough, but you know what's awesome is our middle school attendance greatly is benefited because there's something for their parents. 
parents during that same time. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't just drop them off. Um, so yeah, we, we run that, we run it that way. Uh, we focus in heavy with our small group leaders from freshman through junior to say, Hey, this isn't going to be follow up discussion. This is going to be, you're going to, you're going to really zero in on building community. We say our purpose for small groups is, uh, is communicated again and again, that, that it's an environment where anyone can find belonging with a, with peers and a caring leader. And so belonging is the big word. We let them know we, we'd love for you to mentor to disciple kids. But the biggest thing is we want every kid to have a spot where they know in a time of need, who can I turn to, whether my friends and my, and, and an adult, and we want to set that up really well. And so, so it, it creates a little bit of a different purpose than some small groups have, I think, in doing it in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've found great wins. And, and here's the thing I think that's interesting in it is uh, a consistent pattern I've learned over the years is uh, when we kick them off, and we were in September till May, and then we take the summer off. It's from September through December. It's a lot of games, a lot of leaders going, man, I just can't go deep, and I don't feel like I'm connected. And then mm-hmm. something shifts over winter break in January through through May, you start hearing, whoa, we had this incredible night, or I had amazing follow-up with a student who just dropped this kind of little bomb in the middle of our conversation that I was able to follow up on. And um, so so it seems to be the best discipleship in the model we have happens outside of small group time and happens as the year goes on. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I also want to, yeah, you dived into a little bit the how about sixth grade doesn't join in right at the beginning. Uh, discuss that a little bit like how does how does that look as they as the sixth graders are transitioning into middle school yeah yeah this is this is something i love to talk about and it 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 is a luxury of being multi-staff that we do this but there's something in it that i just would encourage anybody to consider is uh our middle school everybody's middle schools in their community layout different there's that that battle do you do a preteen ministry do you do a middle school ministry so we were doing a fifth and sixth grade ministry because the primary high school middle school community that we worked out, we were reaching out to had grade school up till sixth grade. And so we were doing a fifth and sixth grade, but then they shifted and they moved into their building sixth grade through eighth grade. Um, but when we started looking at what they were doing, they actually, sixth grade is over in their own wing completely for the whole yeah. year. And there's te- the teachers kind of share the, the class load, but it's all the same teachers teaching sixth grade. Hmm. And then seventh grade is eighth grade is over doing their own thing. And right about that same time, we were talking with John McAllen, who's a youth pastor of Southeast Christian down in Louisville. And he told us about something they were doing where they were running. The, it was all falling under the, the, the cloud of middle school ministry, but sixth grade would take a semester and meet separate from the seventh and eighth grade. And they just use it as a time to help build class identity and help them get acclimated to student ministry world over kids ministry world. We said, man, that's, that's what we need to do. Hmm. So, so what we do is in April, our middle school staff, some key middle schoolers head up to our fourth and fifth grade room, introduce themselves, start talking about how we can't wait to get them involved. And then uh, they make the move in June. They become sixth graders. And we don't really do heavy summer Wednesday night programming. So all through the summer on Sunday mornings, they meet as their own class. And our interns will take a little heavier role with seventh and eighth grade. And our middle school staff will really zero in on just getting to know the sixth graders. Um, And then when our fall hits and we really kick off, the sixth grade meets separate from the seventh and eighth grade for the first 12 weeks about and eight of those, the first eight of those weeks, we, we run the same series every year. It's just called Merge. 
Okay. And it's basically the picture is we're going to merge you into student ministries and, and we're going to merge you into the life of middle school and high school. I want to talk to you about some things that are big deals. Mm. And, you know, in those themes, this is the season where, uh, you know, all kinds of changes are happening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's independence. And, and we, we take a lot of time to talk about this has been a faith probably up to this point that you've carried because your mom and dad have told you you need to. Uh, your friendships have been determined a lot by by your parents, and and now you're going to start to get some chances to make your own decisions. And this is a huge point for you to figure out um, as you merge into this thing what's going to be a big deal. So we talk about kind of the whole adolescence transition as well as what are the big deals inside of our ministry. And we talk about things like worship and what it looks like. We talk about Wednesday nights versus Sunday mornings and what we're trying to accomplish. We talk about small groups and we, we really coach them through this is what a small group looks like. And, and for the first eight weeks of that kind of 12 weeks, it's totally just sixth grade based stuff. We run a big outreach in October because that's one thing we talk about being a bringing culture, solely sixth grade event. The beauty is we can do the exact same event every year yeah. and it's cool to them. So it's just this giant, we call it under the lights and we go in our backyard, we rent these giant floodlights and do a bunch of games um, and this last year we had like 35% first time visitors show up to it. Nice. So it's kind of a, it's, a, it's got a school feel. Um, and then, uh, what we do is in from like late October to November, whatever timing it is for a series, seventh and eighth grade. Oh, and all during this time, seventh and eighth grade is doing their own gig. Like they okay. would always like middle school will always look, uh, for seventh and eighth grade, all the other times they're doing their own gig. But then right around the end of October into November, we, we run a series that will be the same with sixth grade as it is with seventh and eighth grade. And this, uh, this past year, it was a relationship series and it was on dating relationships. We actually read all the way through high school. Um, but, but what we did was on one week, the sixth grade actually went over to the seventh, eighth grade room and they just joined in on the worship time together. Okay. Um, the second week of that series, the sixth grade jumped over and joined in on a special game that we did. And we're prepping the seventh grade saying, Hey, sixth grade is going to be coming over soon. Be ready. You know, we're going to make them feel welcome. Remember what it was like for you when you made that move, mm. man. Remember how awesome it was when the people that reached out to you, reached out to you. Remember how much it stunk when they didn't reach out to you. Well, don't be that. Let's be the group. And so they're, they're kind of acclimating to it. Then the next, then the next week we bring them over for just the message. And then Thanksgiving week, we break, we don't actually meet on that Wednesday night. And the week, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving, we we bring parents in to the night with sixth grade. We we kind of do a special moment where they start over in their room when the program starts at six forty five. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, we just finished up this merge series. We celebrate. We do refreshments. We we set up some displays to show what this is all about. And then we say, but tonight's the night you're going to join in with seventh and eighth grade for the rest of the year with middle school. And what we do, and the whole church is bought on this. Like I said, we got adult all the way through. So. It's really, it's like, I love the moment. It's, yeah. uh, w- w- the, the rooms, the rooms are on two opposite set- ends of the building. Okay. And so this giant tunnel <laughs> is formed that includes the parents of the sixth graders, every high school student, every seventh and eighth grade student. And a lot of time adult classes come out and there's an area that's like a balcony, mm-hmm. uh, above this open area. And they all kind of line around the top. And we do a tunnel march that turns into a run of the sixth graders <laughs> over. And if you just picture people cheering and going yeah, nuts. That's got to be incredible for them. Oh, yeah. It's just fine. You have sixth graders that are like, I'm terrified. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but but they love it. Yeah. And it's just a celebration moment of like, we are so excited to have you be a part of this. 
spoiler here, and I'm afraid, you know, if this gets released, before, I don't know when you're going to put this out, but this year we're working and we've got, we might have a drum crew, a drum corps that's going to come in and they're either going to lead the march or in that open room, they're going to be like, uh, they're going to, a drum troop's going to be like playing while they go. That's awesome. So, but the big principle we've learned has been we create this incredible class identity as we do that. Mm-hmm. We also we ease so many parents' nerves through this. I mean, mm-hmm. that jump into out of Kidman into student ministries, it's a huge jump in a parent's mind. And they're yeah. terrified. And, and that jump into middle school from I mean that's just so scary mm-hmm. because that parents know it. That's the first step into the point from where my world revolves around what my parents say to I get to start questioning them. And there's just something cool that happens in the parents when they realize, hey, we get that this is a huge transition. And rather than just making it happen really quick, we're going to move it slow. We're going to focus in on your kids. Um, I've had parents who this is their, especially that one that's the first kid that jumps in, where they've just said, thank mm, you, you know, yeah. thank you for this because uh, I feel like I'm just you're giving me time to get acclimated to it. So, I, I again, I, there's a few things I recognize in this. We're a larger ministry that has multiple staff that allows us the luxury to do this. But I'd say if somebody has just a great volunteer, and, and it doesn't have to be the same timeline, but but you know what could it look like in that transition um, to find ways to really give some space to acclimate not only kids but the parents yeah. toward this change that's going to happen. Yeah, that's huge. I, I remember just at DYM 100 this year, and and Katie Edwards was talking about just how they they ease their their sixth graders in or their seventh graders in and stuff as well. And that was the first time I'd, I'd really even thought about doing something along those lines to kind of ease them in, not only for the benefit of of the students, but also the benefit of those parents, especially like you said, the first yeah. time ones that this is a brand new world for them, and they're they're probably overwhelmed and. Yeah. All these things going through their head, and if the church can come alongside them and and help them and ease their mind and and say, hey, you know, we're here to do this together with you, um, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, you know, and, cool. and one note to make on this that I didn't say in it: we that like two weeks in when we start in the fall with this whole thing with sixth grade, we run a parent meeting that we run. So we start our programming at six forty-five. We run a parent meeting at six fifteen one night that just is for all sixth grade parents to come in. And we hand every every sixth grader a Bible that night as a gift. So what they do is from 6.15 till 6.45, they're meeting with me, as well as my middle school staff comes in and introduces themselves. And then they go over and take part in kind of the Bible ceremony, meet their, they meet their kids' small group leader that night. Um, and I, I'm sure you've dealt with this and others out there have dealt with it. Parent meetings are the dumbest thing in the world, right? Yeah. Because you hold them and the, you get like five that show up that – don't need to be there and some <laughs> deacon that's trying to spy on you. Right. <laughs> and then three people that showed up the wrong room, you know, <laughs> and the ones that you really want there aren't there. Um, but this one we get, we get great attendance at because it's, again, it's the most freaky time for a parent. It's yeah. also really the first time to really get acclimated to what's going on. And so we found that to be, I, I use that as a chance, the four, the 30 minutes I get them, I use that as a chance to kind of lay down some principles with parents to say, look, we are here to partner with you, and here's what that partnership looks like. We Here's what we believe we're uniquely better at than anything else that your kid's involved in, and that's we only care about one thing, and that's your kid's relationship with Christ. you got sporting events that are awesome, and we want we love to see your kids get involved with sports. That coach may be a believer, but guess what else? You've got to focus on wins and losses and other things. We don't have focus on that. So, hmm. so that's why I want to encourage you to dive into this, and here's how you can contact us in times where you have – needs or questions or whatever else and just try to hit principles on that and it's, and it's proved to be a huge win for us since we started doing that 
That's awesome. That's that's so great, man. Derry, I could keep t- talking to you and asking you questions about your ministry, but yeah. I want to I want to move on a little bit. Um, yeah, no may, maybe at some point we'll, we're going to have back on for a second part or something. But um, sure. But you've been in ministry for 21 years, same church. I am sure there are a lot of things you've learned over the years, and uh, so let's let's take it back in time. Like if you could jump in a time time machine and say you know go back 20 21 years and and tell Derry of of young ministry time, you're like, man, you should really do this instead, because this would really benefit you for the long haul. Uh, what's, what's a few tips that you could, you've picked up along the way that you'd like to share with others? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I love this question. I've, li- you know, I've listened to your podcast. I've, I've heard this question and every time I think about it, it's one of the more painful questions to think yeah. of, to go back and talk to, to young me, man, that's just the, the level of confidence that I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> um, every- Every year, I'm realizing how much less I know as I get to know more. Um, mm. And so, yeah, to go back to young me, I think I think one of the biggest things I would hear, and I actually heard Bill Hybel say this this last fall at the Leadership Summit, and it, it just put to words something that I've really been coming more and more to grips with over the last couple of years, is with, with enough humility, young Gary, you can learn from anybody. Mm. Um, with enough humility, you can learn from anybody. And... I'll use DYM 100 as a great example of that. I've gone to UF because we, we met there at this conference with a bunch of other youth pastors. I've gone to all these conferences and, and, you know, being at a church for a while, I start to think I got some things figured out and even going in sometimes I meet guys or meet others and I'll just be like, Oh yeah, here's this person. that just, they're, they're, I make these judgments on all these others on why I shouldn't listen to them and everything else. But, um, but it's amazing when I can walk in and just simply say, like, there's something I could pull from this person. Mm-hmm. This person has something to offer offer to me. What is it? What could it be? And I would say I've learned more about what youth ministry really can look like and been able to contextualize things better in the last three, four years as I took a real attitude adjustment on that. And um, one of my more meaningful, practical ideas that came out of this year's DYM 100 is through a conversation with a guy that was one year in. Hmm. Um just talking through some things that he sees going on in youth culture and then actually leaning and say, Hey, you're not that far removed from youth group. Um, yeah. what, 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 you know, what's going on. And so, um, that would probably be the, one of the biggest principles I would give. Cool. The second thing, the second thing I'd want to tell myself is, um, Hey, trust your senior leadership, mm. trust your senior leadership, um, be their biggest advocate. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity now, you know, 21 years, you start to gain a lot. I've been able to gain a lot more voice and insight and leadership clout. And part of why I feel called to stay in the student ministries for life is I have no desire to carry the load that my senior pastor has to carry. Yeah. I mean, I just look at that and I get sick to my stomach. Yeah. yeah. Because it is, we, we talk about how youth ministry is thankless and we talk about how we often get overlooked. And the load that the bear, the the burden that I have to carry is nothing compared to what my senior pastor carries. Mm-hmm. He gets the calls of everybody. Yeah. He has to figure out how to shuffle things. He's got more demands on his time. And there's times there's times that my senior leadership can make calls that I am so angry about and I don't get. Um, but I I I, I know that, that there is no way I'd want to be in their shoes. And often when I've been able to, again, with enough humility and graciousness to start my conversations, not off with, I'm so ticked at you because, <laughs> but instead to start my conversation with them to say, Hey, can you help me understand this one? Like, here's the call I feel like is being made, or here's, here's where I feel like maybe things are being overlooked, but I might not be understanding this totally. Mm. And, and 
I, I, I've seen so many guys burn out in their places because they just didn't give enough grace to their senior leaders um, to recognize, like, they got their own lives. <laughs> it's tough. So, so that, and, and I, I did that early on. I think I made some harsh judgments on those ahead of me. And I missed out on on growing in it. So yeah. there's a couple quick thoughts. That's awesome. That that's so great. I've noticed that that's something. You know, as you're in student ministry a long time, um, man, different things start point, pointing themselves out. I think especially, and they start rubbing you the wrong way because you're like, ah. and and there almost is this feeling of arrogance that tends to creep in sometimes. You're like, I know what to do. I know how to do this. When really we don't. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but we do need to trust the senior leadership. But I, I love what you said too about. You know, not only trusting them, but but asking questions about it. Can you can you help explain this a little more? Because I don't fully understand it. And here's what I see. Can you can you help fill in fill in the the gaps there? Um, because instead of you just going at them with attack, it's going at them with trying to understand. And that's that's so huge. For sure, for sure, man, it's huge. And and honestly, student ministries, we are we're the cutting edge. I, I, our, we're 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 doing things that are innovative. There's no question about it. But we're not that awesome, right? <laughs> you know, we, we got there, there's a there's a side of saying, yeah, we're doing things that the church needs to be doing. We tend to be the ones that lead the charge. It's always funny when an adult program comes and says, you know, it'd be really cool hmm. is to do this small group ministry. Yeah. What if we did this revolutionary thing? Like, yeah, we did that back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, there's there's something to be learned uh, through humility and grace. Yeah, for sure. Man, Derry, thank you so much for for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure that the people are going to want to hear more from you and get in touch with you. What's the best place for them to do, or the the best method to get in touch with you and maybe hear more from you and pick your brain a little more? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm probably most active on Facebook. The DYM community is a spot that I, I hang out, but you can friend me on Facebook. Um, I have Twitter and Instagram. It's just my name. Fortunately, having the name I have, it's really easy to get that handle. <laughs> it's at Derry Prinkert. It's D-E-R-R-Y-P-R-E-N-K-E-R-T. Um, I also am an author on uh, on DYM, and I got a lot of a lot of stuff that's available on there that you can check out. And uh, yeah, definitely don't hesitate to anybody that wants to just contact, talk. I love just talk, talking and learning and sharing any insights. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much once again, and man, blessings upon your ministry there. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Steve, for what you're doing. Appreciate you. All right. Well, don't didn't I say you were going to enjoy this podcast? I I thought you were, and and I know you probably already got some notes taken down, and and you're you're thinking already maybe how you can in, involve the sixth graders in your ministry or the fifth graders or what however you you do it. Uh, maybe you're already thinking about how you can transition ninth grade uh, when that happens into high school or even afterwards. I hope I hope this conversation with Derry has, has sparked some some ideas in in your ministry, but also I hope he's actually challenged you to be a little more humble. He has me, you know, talking with him. I, I was just reminded again about how important it is to, to show humility. I mean, that was, that was Jesus, right? Um, he was humble and, and that's how he led. So we need to do that as well. And, uh, and that is, that is Derry Prinkert. So we thank you so much again, uh, Derry for joining us and thank you so much for, for tuning into this podcast. And, and if you like what you've heard, I encourage you to share it with others. That's, that's, one of the best ways for this podcast to get around for other people to find out about it is if you share it. So that'd be awesome if you just share it out there with with other people that you know would enjoy it. 
And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe on one of your podcatchers out there like iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. There's so many out there. Google Play. Um, Make sure you subscribe so you can always get the newest episode right into your inbox or however you you subscribe. That'd be awesome. And before we close out, I do want to thank our sponsors one more time. WorkCamp NE. Check out their website for for like uh, service-based mission trips for your youth group. W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E dot com. Be fantastic for your youth group. I know it. I've been there many, many times. Definitely check them out. And also, if you're not connected with other youth workers in your area, if you're in New England, check out reachyouthne.com. And if you are just in general in the United States, National Network of Youth Ministries at youthworkers.net. Be amazing just to connect with other youth workers and partner together and encourage one another and hold each other accountable. And it's great too to like have other youth workers that you can just talk about stuff because let's be honest, you know, there's things that that go on within your culture, your your church and everything that you just can't talk to other people in your church, but it's great to talk to other youth workers who know what's going on and you can kind of just share in that together. So make sure you check out their website. Now, before we wrap up today, I do want to tell you about one more thing that I've added to the podcast website recently, and that's a patron option. Now, I know like patron stuff is really big, especially on like YouTubers and all these other things. And and I, what I really thought about this, uh, I, I thought long and hard about it because we have sponsors and they take care of the regular stuff for this podcast, being able to do it and everything. But I know some of you might want to give a little bit and you can give like $1 a month or more. That's fine. And But here Here's what happens. I have goals on there that I would love to be able to get even better hosting for the site. I would love to be able to eventually maybe bring on an editor for for the podcast and make that even better, make this sound even better and make this the, the production value even better. And I, I'd love to maybe even bring on another person on the staff to be able to do that. And I think over time, I'd be able to do more episodes than just once a month. So if you like what you've been hearing, you enjoy it, and you want to contribute a little bit, just head over to the studentministrypodcast.com and you can click the little, you know, become a patron button and it kind of walks you through all the goals and everything like that. And any little bit that you have that you want to contribute will be um, amazing. Please know that it is definitely not required at all. This podcast, I don't, I don't believe it will ever go to a paid only sort of model, but it, I just want to offer you guys the opportunity and maybe you can make the podcast better over time. And with that, we come to the end of episode 23 of the Student Ministry Podcast. Thank you once again for making this all possible, for checking it out, and for doing all that you do for students and families out there. May God bless your ministry. Mm